Hello friends, it's Josh here. Just wanted to let you know that yesterday we incorporated some new visual elements to the show. So you'll hear me reference those visual elements in the course of this upload. It is in no way meant to discount those of you who prefer the audio only experience. Just something that I wanted to draw attention to. And honestly, something that I forgot to be mindful of as I was being excited about those new visual elements. So please bear with me for this edition of the Raw Review, and I will not reference visual elements directly in the future so as not to alienate those of you who prefer the audio-only experience. Thank you, and enjoy today's show. The bell is rung. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's Raw Review edition of In-Ring Reality, where the headline for this week is the unfortunate injury to the Queen, Charlotte Flair. Nia Jax is in the ring, very, very frustrated that Charlotte has the title shot tonight against Asuka, and she decides that she's not leaving the ring until she gets justice for unfairly being screwed out of the championship in her two title defenses. Charlotte Flair then comes out, cocky and arrogant as ever, as you can see from our photo here, smiling from ear to ear at Nia, claiming that Nia is just whining because she blew her opportunities. Nia fires back, says, Charlotte, we all know that you get what you want because your daddy's Ric Flair. Charlotte's like, actually, my dad's new title is Charlotte Flair's dad. And guess what? He loves it. Things then escalate to the point to where the two are going at it. And as they're going at it, Nia kicks the arm of Charlotte Flair, looking to severely injure the arm of the queen. The queen plays it off backstage after being interviewed saying she will go through with her title match against Asuka later tonight. And in that match, Charlotte Flair taps out in the middle of the ring to Asuka. And it's now come out after Raw has ended in the news today that this is a legit injury for Charlotte Flair, and this was to write her off TV so that she can get the shoulder repaired. Obviously, this is a big blow to WWE because Charlotte is one of their workhorses and most popular stars, so I'll have to wait and see how the Raw Women's Division is able to recover without Charlotte Flair, and honestly, I'm not too surprised that Flair is injured because of how much they utilize her and how much overwork she actually is all the way through these shows. So again, it'll have to be a thing where we're going to have to wait and see how things shape out. But in a way, I'm grateful for Charlotte getting some time off. But obviously, I didn't want it to happen this way. The match itself between Asuka and Flair was everything it could be, 
considering that we had an angle playing off throughout the match or what we thought was an angle playing off throughout the match with Charlotte's injured arm, the two women still put on a decent match. Asuka, however, was not done for the evening. More on that as we break down the rest of the program. The show kicked off this week with the raw return of Dolph Ziggler, who, as you see here, came out to confront his former friend, the WWE Champion, Drew McIntyre, saying nobody is more proud of Drew McIntyre being WWE Champion than me, but Drew McIntyre seems to have forgotten his own redemption story, and Dolph Ziggler wants what he is owed, which is a match with the WWE Champion for the title at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. This all can come about, by the way, as both Dolph Ziggler and who Ziggler still calls his tag team partner, Robert Roode, are the two men who went to Raw as a result of the trade of Intercontinental Champion AJ Styles to SmackDown a few weeks ago. So, Drew says, do you really want this match, Dolph? Dolph is like, oh yeah, I want it. So Drew makes it official. It'll be Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler for the WWE Championship at Extreme Rules. How do I feel about this match? Well, I feel like this is an interesting way to go for sure because it's very hard to take Dolph Ziggler serious as a main eventer these days because of WWE's lack of getting behind him and pushing him. But he is a very, very good worker, and him and McIntyre will put on a great match at Extreme Rules. So it'll be interesting to see how this one turns out for sure. The Raw Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits, took on the Viking Raiders in the finale of Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better, the series that made them friends, that made them the Viking Profits, and as you can see here, a great show of sportsmanship as finally, after not being able to do so in either NXT or Raw, the Street Profits get the definitive victory in the middle of the ring over the Viking Raiders. This, of course, would have been much better in front of a normal crowd under normal circumstances, but with the hand we were dealt, I really enjoyed this match. This was one of my favorite matches on Raw this week, and the two teams really did tear the house down. And we saw more seeds planted for the future of the Viking Prophets as as Selena Vega's team of Andrade and Angel Garza came out after the match to beat down the Street Prophets and send the message that they want to be the next challengers for the Raw Tag Team Championship. A big, big fan of this because I think that this is it plays off really, really well with what we saw last week, which was Vega saying in no uncertain terms that she was very, very fed up and very, very much done with Andrade and Angel Garza, not 
getting along, that they want to be on the same page and want the same thing and work together. I like the idea of these two being a future tag team championship duo. So we'll have to wait and see how this works out. Most likely, this will be another match added to the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. The leader of the Ninja Gang, Akira Tozawa, is your new 24-7-7-11 champion as he defeats R-Truth after R-Truth was frustratingly beat up by Bobby Lashley, who was sending a message to the Laurel Locker Room that he should be WWE Champion right now if it wasn't for Lana's distractions and interference. So yes, Tozawa is now the 24-7 champion. Should be interesting comedy between R-Truth and Akira Tozawa. I am one of those people that thinks the 24-7 championship has run its course, but Tozawa has been doing good with his leader of the ninja's gimmick, so we'll have to wait and see what kind of funny stuff we can get out of this scenario, but it might be time as a whole for the 24-7 championship to retire, as it probably should have done with Rob Gronkowski leaving WWE when he was 24-7 champion. They probably should have never filmed that segment with R-Truth regaining the title, but I do like R-Truth on TV. I do like Tozawa on TV, so it is what it is. Natalia then took on Liv Morgan, and she got the victory with the sharpshooter in a decent match. And as you can see behind Natalia here, Lana is in the background, which means that unfortunately, WWE has gone the route of making Natalia and Lana a tag team. I am not a fan of this at all. I cannot stand Lana on my screen, and Natty definitely deserves better than to be teaming with Lana, but unfortunately, I'm not writing the shows, so hopefully, because I am a fan of Natalia's work, it's not too god-awful of a thing going forward. And a very interesting move, we then get interaction between Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot backstage. As Ruby Riot's trying to talk to Liv Morgan, Liv Morgan's like, I get it. Tonight didn't go my way. Nothing has been going my way lately. And I certainly don't need you to make me feel worse than I already do. This is really interesting, though, because Ruby Riot didn't look like she was trying to put down Liv Morgan, but rather it looked like she was just trying to talk to Liv. So could we be seeing the reformation of the Riot Squad with Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot as a team. If that is the case, I am definitely all for that for sure because these two ladies work better together than they do apart and they have done jack crap with both of them since turning Ruby Riot heel. They probably shouldn't have broken them up in the first place, but if they're bringing them back together, good. Let something happen. Let them take the women's tag team championship and run with it across all three bands. I'm all for that. 
after Edge earlier in the night gave an injury update status in an escaping promo to Randy Orton, saying, Randy, you have woke up a side of me that I forgot that I needed to have. No longer am I just going to be happy and thrilled for another opportunity to be back. After what you did to me and what you did to Christian, a guy who's been by my side my entire life and was my best friend before the entire world even knew him as Christian, you're going to pay when I'm able to come back. Yes, you tore my tricep right off my bone, but you will pay for your actions when I can come back. Big Show comes out to defend his friends, Edge and Christian, saying Randy Orton's gone too far, and Randy Orton is just doing what he always does, which is latch on to anybody and everybody to remain relevant in the business. In this case, unfortunately, it's a man that I used to respect in the nature boy, Ric Flair. Orton says it would be a shame, Big Show, if the same thing happened to you that happened to your friends, Edge and Christian. I had no idea that me taking them out would anger you so much. You and I came up together. You and I are friends. Let's just accept that I'm a viper and I'm a snake that just lies and wait. And every once in a while, when provoked, I'm going to strike and let's leave things be. Big Show says no. He wants a piece of Orton. And so Orton says, okay, big man, what happens now going forward is on you. So it looks like that's going to be Randy Orton's next feud is the Big Show. I am not a fan of Big Show. Never have been a fan of Big Show, if I'm being entirely honest. Don't even like him from his days back when he was the giant in WCW. So I just can't get behind anything he does, especially the character trait that he has of flip-flopping so much over the years between heel and face. So I just can't get invested in this. For Randy Orton to go from Edge to the Big Show, I just think it's a big step down. Yes, I do like the Legend Killer gimmick being back. Yes, technically, you could call Big Show a legend, but... I'm just not into this, so I have to see if WWE can do something to make me feel into it. Let me tell you something, friends. Sasha Banks is a genius. After successfully defending the Women's Tag Team Championships against the Iconics in a very short match, was probably my least favorite match for Sasha and Bailey since they became tag team champions. The Iconics caused miscommunication, causing Sasha to run into Bailey. They try to get the roll at victory, but this actually creates momentum for Sasha. Sasha rolls over into the bank statement to get the tap out, allowing herself and Bailey dose straps to retain. The reason that Salsa Banks is an absolute genius is that after the match, she pulls everybody in. And everybody thinks we're finally getting what we believe we were going to be getting this entire time, which was a Sasha Banks and Bailey feud over the SmackDown Women's Championship. Banks says to Bailey, 
I've been thinking about it, and I love seeing you happy. I love seeing you, Bailey, those straps, but you know what? I'm jealous. I want a championship, too. So what I'm saying to you, Bailey, is that Extreme Rules, I'm officially challenging Oscar for the Raw Women's Championship. They laugh about it. The crowd that was there gasped. I gasped at home. I was not expecting this as Sasha is technically a SmackDown superstar, although the brand split definitely does seem to be a lot more loose these days, probably out of necessity more than anything else because of lack of people being willing and or able to work during these pandemic times. But this is definitely not something I saw coming. As you see by the image, Asuka says you're not the boss of me and accepts Sasha's challenge for Extreme Rules. And Sasha then proceeds along with Bailey to do a little bit of a double team beatdown and then slap on the bank statement to Asuka, leaving Asuka laying in the middle of the ring. Again, really, really looking forward to this match. It should be great, great stuff. Apollo Crews takes on Shelton Benjamin in the United States Championship rematch from last week where MVP all night long is once again trying to convince Apollo Crews to join him. Crews wants to have nothing to do with MVP. MVP says, look, man, I like you. I tried to do this the nice way, but one way or another, that United States Championship is coming back home where it belongs. Apollo then retains the title over Shelton Benjamin despite the distraction by MVP. MVP giving Apollo a lesson of never allowing himself to be put in a two-on-one situation, which then results in MVP's client Bobby Lashley coming out post-match and slapping on the full Nelson and leaving Apollo Crews laying. Afterwards, it looked like MVP may have been surprised by Lashley coming down to defend him. Maybe that's not what he wanted or maybe this is the plan as a whole for Lashley to enter a feud for the United States Championship. I hope that's not the case. I would much rather see Apollo get a long run rather than having the title go straight to Lashley. But they do need to keep Lashley's momentum that's come out of the MVP association. So I guess it's a win some, lose some type of scenario if Lashley does end up becoming United States champion. We'll have to wait and see how things progress and turn out. And finally, the show closes with Rey Mysterio and Dominic confronting the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, to get revenge over what happened to Rey. Rey tries to talk Dominic out of being around, says he needs to take care of this himself, says Dominic scared him last week because he could not get a hold of him. And when he found out that he was coming to Monday Night Raw, he didn't feel any better. And Dominic's like, Hefe, I get where you're coming from, but I'm not going anywhere. It proceeds to be what you think it would be. Seth trying to 
talk Dominic and Ray out of a situation only to say it's all on them as Murphy and Austin Theory come out to do the double team attack only to have Aleister Black and Humberto Carrillo who've stood by Ray's side come out also to beat down the Money Night Messiah and his disciples. The disciples and the Money Night Messiah at one point do get the upper hand back. They look like they're going to do to Dominic what they did to Ray after Dominic tries to do it to Seth himself earlier on before the disciples come to the aid of the Monday Night Messiah. The segment ends with the Mysterio family, Aleister Black and Umberto Carrillo standing tall over the Monday Night Messiah and his disciples as Raw goes off the air. So it looks like we're going to get Probably a tag team match with Rey Mysterio and Dominic eventually against Seth Rollins and Murphy. Or maybe we'll get a one-on-one feud between Rey and Seth Rollins while Murphy and Austin Theory take on a hodgepodge team of Dominic and one of the others. But all these men are in the same boat in the same plate. I'm a really big fan of the Money Night Messiah and his stable. So as long as he's around and this keeps going, I'm invested in what they're doing. We'll have to wait and see how this all turns out in the weeks ahead. So there you are, friends. That was this week's edition of Monday Night Raw. As you will have noticed, if you're watching the video version, we are not live this week. Yours truly was able to get a hold of the Adobe Suite and Adobe Premiere Pro is supposed to be better for slower computers. I did want to add some more visual elements to our visual presentation and I definitely think that for weekly reviews it definitely works better to be pre-recorded than it does live and we can save the live presentations for the end of the week news programs or anytime obviously when there's a pay-per-view or any episode in which I'm able to be joined by a guest and we'll be able to mix things up and make things more kind of a mix of the two going forward. So we'll have to wait and see how this turns out because I did spend the day putting together the visual elements that you've seen on screen reminding you of our social media before being able to record. However, I am wrapping up this recording a little bit after 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So whether or not you see and hear this review today or if it unfortunately goes up Tuesday will be a good barometer of just how fast the render does go with Adobe Premiere Pro. But again, this should not be an all-day process with NXT and AEW because I won't have to spend the extra time of making the extra visual elements as they will already be made. So please do 
chime in in the comments section down below, either on YouTube or Facebook. Hit us up via social media or via the email address inringreality at gmail.com. If you do prefer the audio only experience, let me know what you thought of this week's Monday Night Raw. Let me know how you're feeling about the show as a whole. If this was your first time here, please do consider subscribing on YouTube, following us on Facebook, and most importantly, for those of you that either enjoy all the time or at least part of the time the audio-only experience, no matter what platform you use, please do consider giving a five-star rating to In Ring Reality on Apple Podcasts as it really does help spread the word about the show and make it a bigger thing and a better thing entertainment-wise for each and every one of you out there who I greatly, greatly appreciate. And as I always like to say, life is only as good as what you choose to make it to be. So make the choice to do something great today.